Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. We're going to be in James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Everyone say trials. trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lord God, I want to come before you tonight with a desire to hear from you. Lord, I ask that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, that although my voice is coming through a microphone, Lord, I pray that yours would be the loudest in this room. Lord, that you would slow ourselves down, quiet ourselves, so that we could hear from you. We don't just want this to be another lecture or uh, another time of really bad stand-up comedy. But Lord, we want to hear from you. Would you make your glory known in this place? Just as Moses was on the, rock, on the mountain and he was hidden in the rocks and said, would you pass by me and show me your glory? Lord, we ask that same thing. Show us your glory here tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So we're talking about trials tonight. Yahoo! Oh, yeah. Um, before we get too far, we're not talking about trials in the sense of like a judge and a jury and a trial. I know many of you guys are probably thinking about that as right now uh, the Vero Beach uh, famous guy, Melly, is facing a trial. Yeah, it's like, um, but that's not not what we're talking about. And I'll I'll define what a trial is. Now, the reality of life is that we face difficulty all the time. I think for the most part, all of us, have faced uh, problems in our life. And we've faced problems in our life so many times that, that sometimes some segments of our life are marked by problems and by our difficulty. We kind of look back into our life and we see pictures and we're like, oh man, that's, that's the time that you know, my, my friends and I were fighting about this. Or we look back at, and, and that time of my life was when my parents were getting divorced. Or when that time of my life was when, when I was moving across the country and leaving all my friends behind and I was anxious and I was worried. Or that time of my life was when someone close to me passed away. Or that, like, sometimes we look back at our life and we see that our life is marked with problems and with difficulty, and so much so that it can really mark whole seasons of our life. I think for a lot of us, even though we may be young and we may be whatever, we have experienced really difficult seasons of life. Maybe I'm the only one. But I think most of us have faced difficult seasons of life, and and maybe we could even call them trials. But now, all difficult seasons of life are not necessarily trials. Allow me to illustrate it with a story from my life, and you'll probably lose all respect for me. I have this addiction, it's church, I'm allowed to be honest, with crashing my car into the back of other people's cars. 
I just can't help myself <laughs> but doing it. Oh, I guess I love to do it, how often I do it. And a couple years ago, I was driving, and I was just kind of like out, like zoned out, leaving work, headed to youth. Life was busy. I was just kind of in, in my car, in my own little world, not, even, not on my phone, just staring blankly into life and just kind of, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, poof. And I get out of my car, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm driving like a 2001 Mini Cooper that just folded up like a Coke can. And uh, I get out, and I looked at the person in front of me or that I crashed into, and, and she looks at I'm getting out of the car, and she looks at me, and she goes, I'm like, okay, sweet. And so I drive, and then all of a sudden, I'm like zoned out again, and I'm like, what's that smell? And my car is on fire. So I pull over, and literally the front, the, my front is, is bashed all the way up to my windshield. I'm like, what kind of is that? Like, my car's totaled, lady. You didn't help me at all. And so then a couple years later, I just kind of missed it, I, I suppose. So I, I got a car. It took a while for me to buy, like, save up and buy a new car because apparently 2001 Mini Coopers that are absolutely demolished, uh, you don't get that much money from your insurance. So I had to save money to buy a nice 2006 or something Toyota Highlander in the Dr. Pepper red color. It was beautiful. And uh, I'm driving, same deal. This time I'm just, just on my phone crash into the car in front of me, I get sued by the guy, but apparently if you just ignore it, nothing happens, and the insurance just pays him, and you get no penalties, but I learned that the hard way, and, uh, and so then again, I had to save up my money and buy a car, and so it was a difficult season of my life. It was like a time where I had to, like, crunch the budget. I had to put money aside for a car. I had to get rides. I had, Julianne had to drive me places. I was out of a car. It was difficult, but it wasn't a trial. It was me being an idiot. And sometimes we think that all difficult things in life are some, some trial that James would say is a testing of your faith. Now, I believe in some as aspects uh, of that my faith was being tested, but not necessarily because of, like God was like, I'm going to make you crash your car so you learn a lesson. It's like, no, I was being a fool and crashed my car. But trials are very real where there is a difficulty in your life that is unexpected, unseen, maybe even undeserved, that is directly related to your decision to, to walk with Jesus and continue to live for Jesus. So there is a difference between difficulty. Sometimes difficulty in self is self-imposed, and there's lessons to be learned, like don't look down at your phone when you're driving at another car. But the, the lessons that God wants to teach us that we would call a test of faith or a trial are unseen and unexpected difficulties and even undeserved difficulties that are directly related to our decision to walk with Jesus and to continue to follow him. 
So trials are those difficult things that happen almost out of nowhere. Why is this happening? Why is this difficulty happening? Why are my friends all of a sudden talking bad about me? Or why am I losing friends because I'm walking with Jesus and they're not? Or my family is having trouble and I feel like I'm the black sheep because I'm walking with Jesus. Or I go on social media and it's like a minefield of what I'm allowed to say without people blowing up. Up in my DMs. Like, those are kind of things that we could categorize those as trials. Unexpected, unseen, even undeserved difficulty that is in direct response to our decision to walk with Jesus and to continue walking with Jesus. And I think part of us, as, as we walk with God, we're like, how come life isn't easier when I walk with Jesus? Sometimes when we place faith in Jesus, we hear all these promises of God, promises of peace, promises of purpose, promises of forgiveness and hope and all of these things. And then we start walking with Jesus and our life actually gets more difficult. And sometimes when that happens, it causes us to get angry or frustrated or confused. And I think that's because we, we cling to the promises of peace and hope and purpose and we kind of casually just brush off other promises in Scripture. Like when Jesus promises that you're going to have tribulation and, and people hate Jesus and so they're going to hate you too. And in this world you're going to have troubles. But Jesus gives us hope. He says, but I have overcome the world. So reality of the Christian life is purpose and peace and hope and forgiveness and calling and all of that, absolutely. But it's also part of the Christian life to face difficulty and trials. It's kind of the way the kingdom is set up. If you look at creation, creation is designed in such a way where death and pain often produce life. If you look at the way that a plant grows, a seed needs to break and to die in order for a plant to grow. If you want to get big and strong, like me, <laughs> in a size medium t-shirt, in size 30 jeans, with size 8 shoes, like big and strong, baby. Um, if you want to get big and strong your muscles need to get really, really sore before they get stronger. If you want to get really tall, actually like me, I'm like just long. Like long. It's like if my neck wasn't there, I'd be like 5'6". But anyways, <laughs> if you want to get taller, you, you have to go through growing pains. There's pain before there's growth. If you want to have all your big boy teeth, you have to lose your old teeth. Your baby teeth. There's, in creation, there is this truth that things need to break, things need to hurt, and things need to die for them to produce what they need to produce. And the kingdom of God is set up in the same way. If we want to experience the resurrection life and the abundant life that God promises us, we first need to die to ourselves. 
If we want to experience growth of fruit that comes from abiding in Jesus, we need to experience the growing pains. And when we want to experience identity and calling and purpose in our life, we first need to completely deny ourselves because the creation of God and the kingdom of God are set up the same way where death, pain, difficulty, and hurt often produce life and growth and truth. If we want to experience patience, and grow into Christ-likeness, as the Bible says, we need to endure trials. There's a story in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8, where at this point, the church has, has started, and there's a church meeting in Jerusalem, and they're facing incredible persecution in that church. In fact, the book of James, the words that James wrote that we're reading today, was written to that church in Jerusalem that was scattered about. They were no longer gathering together because of the threat that was coming to them from the Roman government and also from the Jews. Christians were not liked in the time that this letter was written. And so there's this church in Jerusalem that was meeting, but then they have been persecuted and now they're scattered and in the book of Acts we're told that all of the apostles and the disciples are meeting in that church in Jerusalem and they're discipling people in Jerusalem and then a great persecution happens and look what it says at that time Acts 8 verse 1 a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of where Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria. If you guys are Bible scholars, like me, no, I'm just kidding, come on, that's ridiculous. Um, You'll remember the Great Commission, which is Jesus' last words to his disciples. He says, go into all the world, make disciples, uh, baptize people, all of that good stuff in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the earth. At this point in Acts 8, the disciples have obeyed the words of Jesus all the way up to Jerusalem. They were discipling people in Jerusalem. They were pouring into people in Jerusalem. But then a great persecution happened in Jerusalem, and it caused them to scatter. So they started to fulfill more of what Jesus had told them to do. They went into Judea, and they went into Samaria. And this is another example that trials and persecution and difficulty often are actually pushing you into the direction of more obedience to Christ. That's what happened. The the church in Jerusalem, they they were great and amazing, but Jesus had more for them planned than what they were doing. And it was persecution, trials, and difficulty that led them into the direction of being more obedient to Christ. Because the way the kingdom of God is set up is that in order to experience resurrection, you need to die. And in order to experience growth, you need to go through growing pains. And in order to experience patience and and faithfulness as you walk with Jesus, you need to go through difficulty. 
And the trials that James is specifically talking about in our text is the the idea of persecution, which is when people are directly opposed to you because of your relationship with Jesus. But I think that there is more. uh, That is absolutely what James is talking about. But when we talk about trials, there is more than just experiencing persecution from other people as you are walking with Jesus. I think that there are three kinds of trials. I'm going to go through them, and then we're going to be done. Is that all right? Can I take a drink of water? There's three kinds of trials. One, there are cultural trials. Cultural trials. This is what Jesus promised and what the church in Acts was experiencing, and Jesus promised that these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. There is a real conflict that is happening in our world right now, as the majority of our culture is living for and pushing things that are not biblical, not of the heart of God, and, and things that the Christian should stay away from. So there is this, what the Bible would call a course of the world, meaning the, the world who is not following Jesus, has nothing to do with Jesus, has no desire to follow Jesus, they are going into a direction And we're told that when we place faith in Jesus, the the Bible talks about us repenting from our sin and turning to Jesus. A kind of picture that we can paint is the the world is going into, into a direction led by their own sinful nature. And we as Christians who have responded to Jesus, we have now turned or repented, and now we are going into a different direction in the world. And because of that, Because the world is going one way, and we are going another way, there is going to be friction, and there is going to be conflict, and there's going to be crashes, like me into the back of two different people that were just minding their own business. And so the, (laughs) yeah, I probably deserved a laugh like that, I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes you give me full-blown laughs, it's like, I'm not being that funny, thank you, I I actually humbled me a little bit. (laughs) There's a course of the world... And we as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we stand in stark contrast to many of the the directions, the ambitions, and, oh, I need to look at my notes, motivations, directions, motivations, and ambitions that the world is living after and living for. And when the world is living in a direction and we are living in another direction, we are going to face difficulty. We're going to face difficulty in our friendships as we are going to live for Jesus and we want to live pure, we want to live righteously, we want to hold to our convictions and our confessions that come from the scripture and there is going to be influence from culture that tries to change our our belief and our opinion and our life and we are going to have to make the decision and we do have to make the decision to stand 
for the, for the kingdom of God and stand upon scripture over the influence of the culture. And when we are living in a world that is opposed to the things of God, when we stand with the things of God, there is natural friction, penalty, or persecution, and trials. That's just a reality. And so we as believers, we have the opportunity to either be influenced by culture and to compromise, or we can evaluate this and say, hey, this is probably a trial that God wants to grow me, God wants to mature me, God wants to make me perfect through, God wants me to grow in endurance, God wants me to grow in relying on him and trust in him and faith in him. I need a new iPad, you guys. (laughs) Big time. My notes just went kaputski. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really care. Um, so there, there, are, there are cultural trials that we face because the world is going in one direction and we are going in the other. And when that happens, there's going to be difficulty. There's difficulty in opinions and and social media. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be uh, points of our life that we feel like we need to compromise in maybe relationships with our uh, significant others because of the influence of the world. And then us desiring to live pure like the way that God designed, there's going to be conflict and there's going to be confusion and there's going to be troubles. And we're facing trials because we're deciding to do what Jesus desires us to do instead of what the world has desired us to do. But secondly, there's another category of trials that I would like to call surgical trials. And there is difficulty that we face in our life, pain that we face in our life, because God is trying to remove something out of our life. I think many of us, as we are walking with Jesus, we sin, right? Am I the only one? Lord, help me. We sin... And for a lot of us, there are things that we do in our life that we, we would call here in the church like habitual sin. It's kind of like sins that we, we live in or a direction that we are heading. If we, we could paint a picture of sin, there is sin if, is a circle. I'm stealing this from uh, Pastor Pete Vitale. It's beautiful. There's a circle of sin. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in that, ca- in that category. We're born into sin. We're naturally sinful. We, the, the psalmist would write that he, before he was even born, he was conceived in sin. It's like we are just sinful. We're imperfect. We are, we are not like God. We don't measure up. And so we are naturally, we fall into sin. But then there's another circle within sin that we could call transgression or trespass. And what that is, is when we know the things of God and we, we do the opposite of what God wants us to do. Many of us, we trespass and we transgress often. Where there is, some, there is an area in our life that we are continually doing that. There's another circle that we could go in, the, in even smaller that we could call iniquity. And that is when you've made your home in your sin. Transgression and trespass, we often, we will do them and we'll know they're wrong immediately. And then we'll suffer. And this is where I would call it a trial. 
We would suffer, suffer with the guilt of what we've done wrong. We will suffer with constantly thinking about those things and how we wish we could get rid of them and how we wish we could grow past them. And we just feel, we feel threatened by our trespasses and our transgressions. I think many of you guys in this room right now, as I said, the sins that you often do, boom, there it is. There's guilt that comes along with it. There's shame that we place on ourselves. There's condemnation that we place on ourselves. And, and that is very real, a trial and a test that is specifically for you that God desires you to grow through. As we feel the guilt for the sins or the transgressions that we have made against God, often, mostly, that feeling is, is the conviction of the Holy Spirit that is gently leading you to live differently, to stay, steer clear of that thing. And so part of the trials that we face as we walk with Jesus is the pain and the hurt of, the, of, of transgressing, transgressing against God, knowing what we did is wrong and suffering the consequences of doing that. But we don't need to live in shame. We don't need to live in guilt because God has forgiven you and God wants to lead you out of that into what the psalmist would call life everlasting. And what we need to do is we need to turn from our sin, but we also need to turn from our shame and turn from our condemnation. And instead, we need to turn to Christ. Thirdly, I think that there is another type of trials that, I, that are internal trials. And these are probably the lightest form of trials that I would categorize them as where there's just this natural thing that happens as we desire to follow Jesus, where uh, there's, a, there's an old hymn that says, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and your grace. And I think that part of walking with Jesus, there's a bit of confusion when we start desiring the things of God, and so we kind of no longer desire other things. It's not sin. It's not like I'm living wrong. It's just kind of this weird point of confusion where I don't know what I'm doing with my life because the things that used to make me happy don't anymore because I feel like I'm being fulfilled by Jesus, but I don't know what I need to do now. I think that's like part of the trials, that, that in that we can grow and we can grow in Christ's likeness, look more like Jesus. Worship team, you guys can come up here as I close. I think it's our tendency as we go through difficult seasons of life or trials as we defined as, as unseen and undeserved difficulty that is in direct response to our decision to walk with Jesus and continue to follow after Jesus. When we experience those things and we hear the promise of James that you can count it as joy or in other words, rejoice. Rejoice when your life is difficult. Rejoice when, when, when friendships aren't going like they used to because you're following Jesus and they're not. Rejoice when there's trouble in your family because you want to live righteous and they're not. And rejoice when you face difficulty. And, and we hear those things. And so I think it's sometimes in response, our tendency is to desperately look for God in all of our trials. And I don't know, now hear me out when I say this, okay? Just be patient with me if you would. 
I don't know if our responsibility is to like just desperately start searching for God. Hold on. Because it's like, oh, this difficulty in my life and being like, God, are you doing this in me? Like, okay, I think God's doing this in me. And then we start doing that. And I think sometimes when we're searching for God too much, we might actually miss what he wants to do. Does that make sense? Like sometimes we just start like, oh, Lord, like, is this what you're doing? And then we just go after it. And, and I, don't, I really don't think that we need to desperately search for God. What the psalmist wrote in Psalm 139, a psalm of David, he said in, in a difficult season of his life, could you put that verse on the screen for me, 139.23? He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties. Next verse. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And you lead me in the way everlasting. I think it's our tendency to say, okay, difficult season of life. I'm going to find what God is doing. I'm going to pick, that's what you did. And now I'm going to grow in that area. But what the psalmist says is don't search for God. Ask God to search you. And say, Lord, where in me is my sin? Where in me are ways that I have been living that, that you want to grow and you want to work in me? Lord, I'm open for whatever you want to do. And I think sometimes we, we walk with Jesus and there are tons of walls that we play, place in between us and God. Tons of walls. And then we're like, Lord, where are you? I don't know where you are. God's not speaking to me. I think that we need to learn how to ask God to search us. Lord, there's nothing that I'm holding back from you. Come into my heart. Walk around. You can even look in that drawer. Like here, God, here's my phone. You can go anywhere. Anywhere in this thing. And tell me where in me there is sin there's trespass, there's iniquity. I'm facing a trial right now and that person actually hurt me. That person acted poorly towards me, but Lord, search me, oh God. Maybe, maybe this is blowing up out of proportion because there's insecurities that are within me. And yeah, that person wronged me, but so what? Yeah, that, that person talks bad about me because, you know, I, I have these beliefs because I'm a Christian and they do. So what? Lord, search me and know me. Know all my anxious thoughts. Find all my sin and iniquity. Lord, I want to surrender it all to you. We don't, we don't need to desperately search for God. Lord, like, like God is some sort of like magical, um, what's the guy in the striped shirt? Where's Waldo? Or it's like the Da Vinci Code which is a really outdated thing to say, where it's like, okay, like this happened and this happened and this happened, so I just need to solve this riddle and God actually wants to do, search me and know me, oh Lord. And, and come into me. I surrender to you and lead me out into the way of everlasting because that is the gospel. We didn't, we didn't die on the cross for our own sin. We didn't make our own way to God because we never could. Jesus came down, 
He solved it and he will lead us into life. And so when we're facing trials and difficulty, tribulation, when we are feeling overwhelmed by the, sh- the shame that we have placed on our life, when we're feeling overwhelmed by, by the condemnation because of the transgressions and the iniquity that we live in, what we need to do in response is say, search me and know me, O Lord. You can have all of me and I surrender it all to you because trials produce patience. And patience, when it is perfected, it will make you perfect. But we need to allow God to step in and to show us what he has desired to do.